come sweeping down the plane. Yeah, put them in the hot seat. Better grab your popcorn and get comfy while they talking. The greatest show ever, got the greatest host ever. Talking about this statement, it's the greatest home ever. Baker always got it, and Max is on the hot street. With DJ Oreo, man, it's the Oklahoma hot seat. Oreo. What up? We're back. We are back. That's actually my fault. But, I mean, well, yeah. No, you, you had like a, a life milestone happen. I mean, I had a, yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in, in a sense. Right. You, you, you started something. Right, yeah. I had Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, we're here again, kicking this off again. Right. With my friend, Corey. Corey Ray. Yeah, I'm here. What up? I am here. <laughs> What's going on, man? This is, uh, I like your shirt, by the way. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I was about to ask, where, where did where you get, get that? that? Yeah. Uh, silhouette, uh, downtown uh, Greenwood. Uh, nice little cool vibe. Yeah. Nice little kicks. What kind of, uh, what kind of, uh, Material is that? It looks pretty heavy duty. It's it's cotton. I don't know. Heavy. I think it's just a it's comfortable. That's yeah. what it, it is. It, it does oh, look okay. comfortable. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. And then it, it represents you know where I'm from. It Black says Wall Greenwood Street. Ave, yep. 1921 Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street. Yeah, I like that. That color scheme is real good too. Yeah, I was about to say I, I'm going to pick up that hoodie. The same color, same scheme, yeah. same everything. I think they only but have, have like two colors. Perfect. So. But then again, I like those colors together. Anyways, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's <laughs> <laughs> Green and uh, yellow or gold? I'm going to go with gold because then I can tell myself it's Notre Dame. Who would have thought he came in here and you're already a walking billboard? <laughs> already. For Notre Dame. For, for yeah. my team. <laughs> Man, uh, so I've, uh, I met Corey when I first moved back uh, from college. Worked at Woody's. My first friend coming back from college. Downtown? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was security. The... You were? Yeah, yeah, I was head security. security. What were you doing down there? I was bartending. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I had to bartend there because there was no spots at Fishmonts. That I believe. Yes, but no, we had a blast when yeah. we did all. I was of great. Days. It was a great time. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, I was probably the smallest security in this nation at the time. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we didn't really ever have anything crazy go down there. We had one crazy ass fight one time before I got there. Are you Bef- in there, Dave? Before I moved back, because you were already here. Because you were. Yeah, TU or you were somewhere? Yep. I was at OSU. OSU. Yeah, OSU, yeah. So I went to TU, then OSU, and yeah. then the Woodies. So. Yeah. No, it was fun down there. What a uh, progression. Yeah, and uh, Corey, <laughs> Corey came to uh, mine and my wife's first house that we moved in together. Um, did we have the white boxers then, or just the big boxer? I don't think we had any dogs. No, I had the black lab and the boxer. I don't remember dogs the time I came. Oh. <sighs> I don't know. I, I mean, I vividly remember. It's been a you lot didn't of like the boxer, but the boxer loved you. Really? Yes, he just wanted to give you kisses and be all up in your face. We've since had to put that dog down, unfortunately. I've drunk since then. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't drink anymore. Neither does Oreo. Yeah, me either. So yeah, you sure about that? I'm positive. Okay, I'm, you had that water. look. I didn't yeah, know. <laughs> water. water, man. This. Yeah. I don't know what it is about liquor now. I I have a one shot, and I I could be. Sick for days. I can have fourteen shots and won't even be drunk. So, 
I never know when I'm going to get sick, so I don't drink anymore. So. Yeah. I just don't wow. act right. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> just don't act Same. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. part of growing up, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I had to leave that behind. So, what have you been up to, Oreo? Just hanging out, man. Just, just still doing the DJ thing. We're doing a lot of events and weddings and parties and... Glad you could fit me into your schedule. Yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad you made, you made this happen. Yeah. Well, Corey's uh, helping kids. You got, I see your videos are training, training high school kids. Are you sprinting or just all around training? Man, it's all around. So um, I've got a program called Bo Sports where we uh, do athletic development classes for kids 2 to 13. Um, so we actually go to their uh, school and, and try. Is it moving? All right, so there we go. Yeah, we actually we actually go to their school and do athletic development training for the kids, teach them how to play sports, Um, and then also have a a track club as well um, with kids six to eighteen, where we do sprint performance training. It's a track club, and we've got a pretty good track club, and uh, it's been awesome to kind of do it. We typically produce pretty good runners, don't we, Oklahoma? We try. So, uh, well, I mean, California they they're pretty they're pretty competitive. California is really competitive, but yeah. it's also a huge pool that yeah. you can pull for them. But, you know, a lot of kids in Oklahoma is a little underdeveloped. Uh, we're really far behind in track and field, but we've got some really talented kids. We just don't have a lot of talented coaches uh, to kind of develop and train these kids. So uh, right. that was part of the reason why I started the track club, and it's, it's been going ever since. So, Well, again, I, I relate everything back to hockey, but I'm, I'm sure you could relate it to somewhat of a DJing, but – you get somebody from that that region that that makes it pretty high up, like yourself. Yeah, and then you got to come back and serve the community. Most definitely. I mean, that's the only way that we're going to progress our communities in whatever fields they may be: uh, baseball, hockey, track and field. Uh, I knew a lot of people growing up that ran cross country. Yeah, cross country, track and field. I mean, one sounds like more distance than the other. Most definitely. I didn't know how much I would enjoy cross country because that's. As a sprinter, it's like those are cross country kids. They're a little bit different. Um, I don't want to do any distance, uh, right? But as a coach, I enjoy cross country meets a whole lot more than I ever do a track meet. It's it's less time being there. It seems like a it seems like a sport that takes a ton of discipline. Most definitely, most definitely. Like, I mean, just the, I mean, I just hate running in general. Mm-hmm. As you could tell earlier when I was running up and down the stairs, <laughs> right? I was winded for 20 minutes. How many times did this happen? You going up and down the stairs? No, it was just the end when I had to close oh, the trunk of my car. Oh, oh yeah. we, we should. There, we're, we are no longer at Kyle's place. Kyle's business is doing well, so he had to take over the spot. So my brother-in-law was nice enough to let us use the conference room at the Ferguson Subaru building. Shameless plug. <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of discipline, but I just hated running. But it seems like not only does it take a lot of discipline, but it's like like spiritual. Like especially in cross country, you can just just run, yeah, and then just just get your thoughts out or you know meditate or whatever. It's like you know what I mean, yeah. And and for track, most most of the time, just like you said, most people hate running, and track and field is everybody's other sports punishment. So it it takes a certain level of mental fortitude to be able to be good in track and field and that discipline. And it's not just a discipline. It's a lifestyle that you got to live to be successful in in track and field from, you know, how you approach 
you know, easy workouts? How do you approach the hard workouts? You know, uh, who are you surrounding yourself around? What are the things that you're putting in your body? Uh, all of these things are going to allow you to be good in the sport. Where in other sports, you know, I, I would imagine like football or basketball, you know, some of those guys that don't train the way track and field athletes train, and they can still be good. Um, some of them don't practice, but track and field, if if you're not 100% in, uh, there's there's no way that you can be the very best in that particular sport. So You know, it's funny because you had made a comment a second ago, and I was thinking about, you know, uh, back in high school and I played basketball. And, like, you know, you, you got in trouble or you didn't run the plays you're supposed to, and the coach was like, oh, you all want to run? Or yeah. your punishment yeah. was running. And I didn't even think about that. Like, it was always get this right or we're going to do laps or suicides or, or whatever. So it's, it's, do you see um, with that, like, a different level of, of passion with your runners since, I mean, you're saying this has to be pretty dedicated. Well, so for, the, for the elite athletes, yes, most definitely. Um, you have to be passionate about it. If not, you know, this sport, it, it could eat you up real fast because um, it's tough and it's one of the hardest sports to, to train at. You know, just put it for for instance, so uh, a 100-meter dash. So a, a person, the fastest person in the world runs 9.56, the world record. So a person will train years, months uh, to improve by two-tenths of a second. And, you know, two-tenths for an elite athlete, that's pretty – that's a substantial improvement right. from the previous year. But you would train literally for a whole entire year just to improve a blink of an eye. And, you know, that's how minute that it takes uh, to be good in that particular sport. You know, with basketball, you know, uh, it's a little bit different. You know, you can, you can see those improvements. You know, I improved five points a game. Uh, or I improve 10 points a game. So the improvement of uh, two-tenths of a second, that's that's like improving from going from uh, a 12-point-per-game score to 20 points a game. So so let me ask you this. So and I, I just played, you know, basketball. That was my thing. But off-season, um, you know, was a time where you, you know. doesn't even sound like there's one. No, just run. <laughs> well, that's what I'm getting no at is, is, is off-season, you know, you had your downtime, and, and even then you might have, you know, ate unhealthy or whatever. And then I remember starting the season back again, and it was this whole, you know, you got to get conditioned, we got to get our bodies right, we got whatever. Running and track and running track and things like that, like, it's, it's an all-year-round thing because, like, if you were to take that time off, uh, you would, you know, your, your body changes, you're, you're wanting to to – take that time off the the you know off of your 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 records or your runs so what is an off season like it's just train 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 still yeah it's still but there's different levels of intensity in which you train at uh, so uh, for us even with the youth in high school we take two weeks off a year um <laughs> what <yeah. laughs> damn but there's times where we're not as working as hard uh, there's different you know, phases in which we're training at. But for the most part, we take two weeks off a year, and that's two weeks after the biggest meet of the whole entire year. So you're talking about, like, you take off two weeks for the for the whole thing. Explain how a training, like, how a training would go or explain how basically it would go from start to end. Like, would you specifically train, okay, hey, this this section, we're just training, you know, 
release or, or getting off the line yeah, or whatever. Sure. Yeah. And But then that's the only thing you focus on? Like you, you focus on everything gearing towards that specific aspect of the run, and then you transition to something else? Okay, we have that locked down now. Now we're going to go on to this. Yeah, kind of, sort of. So it, yes and no to answer your question. So uh, I just take a high school athlete, for instance. So in high school in Oklahoma, uh, the state track meet, which is going to be the biggest meet, that most high school athletes are going to compete in. It's the second week of May. So my job as a coach is where do we want to be at the second week of May? So I take all of their training and I plan backwards. Um, so the kids are normally start in August. August um, is just pretty much about general conditioning. Let's just get in general overall shape. No, Nothing on the track or anything. Um, a lot of body weight conditioning things. Just getting in some general shape. Um, and then we're going to a more of a uh, general conditioning for track and field. So now we're starting to run on the track, uh, gearing our bodies up, body up for for the training that's going to be the biggest part of our, our training. So general condition is usually about August to September, about October. Now we're prepping for the track and field season. Um, and, you know, you may break up into there's a sprint group, and inside the sprint group, there's short sprinters, there's long sprinters. Um, then you've got a mid-distance group. Then you've got an endurance group. Then you got your jumpers and all those things. So you'll break up into these groups uh, to work on your events specifically. So I just take a high school 100-meter runner. So in October, we're working on acceleration development, uh, working on how to get out of the blocks, um, everything that's going to help you become powerful, powerful. Uh, for your 100 meter. Um, and then we're going to like a, a strength endurance uh, portion of our, our training. That's normally like December. And then when January comes around, um, we'd take those same things um, acceleration, we'd do sprint uh, and speed endurance or strength endurance. Uh, and then we'll work on what you call top end speed or uh, max velocity. What are, what, what is the most important things to do? Um, when your body's at its fastest. And then once the season starts, there is a contrast of the training. So we're adding different elements that we did in the previous months just throughout the whole entire week. So in October, November, the main theme is acceleration or the main theme is um, top-end mechanics or top-end speed or max velocity. Once we get into the season of March, we'll add those elements that we did the previous month throughout the whole entire week um, and then just kind of contrast the training. And then uh, once we get closer to May, it's all about, you know, the hay is in the barn. Uh, there's no nothing that you can do two weeks prior to your meet that's going to make you any better. Um, it's just about rest, recovery, uh, mental imaging, uh, getting your mind, body uh, prepared for, you know, one of the hardest meets of your life that you're going to run in. So. Wow. I mean, yeah, it just seems like you you wouldn't want to, I mean, oh, like overtrain. Yeah, you know what I mean? Definitely. Most definitely. So it seems like there's a lot in there, yeah. and especially if you're just taking up those two weeks, so that resting and recovery has got to be really good. So, yeah. again, you're really kind of starting off, I mean, in, in the bulk of the flu season, right? Yeah. So it just seems like it is such a, like, a mentally dedicated sport like you you've got to get over that no most definitely most definitely you you brought up a good point of overtraining it 
and, and really in all sports, it's better to do too little than to do too much. Right. Uh, because once you get to a point of overtraining, there is no recovering from that. You just have to take some time off, allow your body to recover, um, and then get back to work. So Yeah, just especially with running, it just, it, just, it just seems like in my head I'm just like picturing just exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just seems like it's a lot of training. Like think of it as like a boxer. You know, you're just training. Yeah. Training. And then you just go out there and, was it 30 minutes? Uh, three, three, ten, ten, ten minute rounds? Well, right? It, well, or 36? For a long, for, for a, a boxer. For, yeah, oh, for a boxer. Yeah, 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 yeah. for, like for a boxer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's adequate, like trying to associate those two together. Yeah. Like a, like a sprinter or track and field to a boxing, right? You train all that whole time. And then you're just out there for 30 minutes. Yeah, for sure. Like you may co- compete total in 30 minutes maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Like your total time. For track and field, I may compete a total of one minute. Oh, really? There's no like – like you're not going to – there's not like, oh, we ran that in five minutes? Or is that cross country? Yeah, that's more cross yeah. country stuff. Well, he's, he's talking about like races are over in, you know, 10, 11 seconds. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yes. Those so, are some fast people. And going back to the high school sprinter, so – they, but then again, just, I don't understand the metric system. So, <laughs> so let's let's just he say. Said, but he said he was like, "Hey, these races, you know." He just well, he said ten example. seconds, yeah. I, but yeah. I just figured that was the shortest run. Yeah. So let's just we'll take that same high school sprinter, and let's say they run three events, which mm-hmm. is a lot. Yeah. Um, they run a hundred, two hundred, and four hundred. A good elite high school sprinter will run ten five in the hundred. They'll run twenty one seconds in the two hundred. And then 50 seconds and a 400. We're talking just a little bit over a minute uh, of actual competitive time. Oh, okay. So yeah. I'm crossing up some cross country yeah. with some track. Yeah, but that's okay. That's because okay. right. those kids run events as well. So. <laughs> well, and that makes me remember being a kid and like, you know, running around everywhere or whatever with my friends. And I, and I remember because I was really big into watching uh, the, uh, the, you know, Winter Olympics are okay. But Summer Olympics was my thing because you had basketball, you had track and field. Uh, you know, growing up, we were big uh, Michael Johnson fans. Oh, in, yeah. In the, yeah, that was it the... Uh, Winter Atlanta. Olympics are better. Uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, <laughs> Anyways, back to the summer ones. Yes. Uh, Michael Johnson, it, I remember him. Yeah, 96 Atlanta, he set those, those records. But what I, was it, Jackie? Which Jackie... Jackie Joanna Carson. Yeah, she yeah. was the the same year, right? Same yeah. same Olympics. Yep. Yeah, I remember. Those. Uh, but I remember because he ran the two hundred and the four hundred, uh-huh. and them talking about. And at that time, he was see ninety six was his last one, so he was I don't know thirty four, thirty three somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. And they were talking about you know age, how old he was to be running, and then also the degrees of when you finish a race, you know. And he, he did you know two hundred meters, and the four hundred was later. You know, he had a couple of hours, and they're like, how fatigued was he going to be? And I remember being a kid going, I mean, he just, he's just he, running. He just, he just <laughs> ran for like 40-something seconds or whatever. Then he's going to sit back and chill. And how? But now as I got older, I understand. So what are the dynamics of like when you're talking about, you know, athletes or these kids or whatever running multiple races, how to get in their heads? Because in my mind at that age, I was just like, well, I just ran a race. I'll just run another one. So yeah. how does that work? Well, the faster you run, the more re- – the more rest you actually need to recover. So just think about the fastest animals in the whole entire world, like a lion, uh, cheetahs. How many times do you ever see them just walking around, roaming around, ever? I mean, none. None. They're mostly laying down. 
uh, because those muscles that it takes to run fast require a bunch of energy. So the faster that you run, the more that your body is expanding energy and the more recovery that you need uh, to recover. So let's take a cheetah or a human. You know, they're going to run really, really fast, but I need just as much recovery to allow my body to recover so I can run really, really fast again. If not, I'm going to have some, you know, degradation of, of my performance. So, so I mean, it's, it's probably all a lot of fast twitch. Most definitely. So what is like, what is typically like a recovery? So whenever we were playing hockey and we would, you know, either after practice because we didn't get breaks in between or in between periods, we used to drink like uh, what was called Endurox, mm-hmm. which was basically a four to one ratio of carbs to protein. Mm-hmm. And that was supposed to help you recover yeah. a lot quicker. Like, other than that, is it just stretching? Um, rest, um, nutrition. Uh, it, it typically takes you about 48 hours to recover from a, a pretty tough, intense workout. Uh, now, if it's an endurance-type workout, you would need carbs, like you would, like you spoke of. For sprinters, it's more uh, protein. Uh, you want a protein ratio. of So getting to protein back in your body and then allowing your body about 24 to 48 hours to actually recover to get back to the next hard workout. Hmm. So sugar, sugar's not a big, you, they're just, no. I mean, you're not trying to implement any type of sugar for some type of no. energy or recovery. No. I didn't think so. No. Sugar's bad. Sugar's really bad. It is really, really bad. As Sh- I'm slamming this. Sugar Red Bull. is the well, poison. No, not, not true because natural sugars are, natural go- sugars. are good yeah. for you. For sure. But I'm just asking as far as like sports yeah. wise and yeah. that end. Asset. Don't be coming <laughs> at me like that. I knew what I meant. Natural sugars are good, like uh cantaloupe, pineapple, like stuff like that. Yeah. Those are those are good. Yeah. I had a I had a buddy that used to eat cantaloupe after um hockey games for the sugar and the recovery. He said it was the best for him. I was like, That's crazy. That's one fruit I can't eat. Uh, that's the only fruit that I like. Well, I like melon, uh, honey melon. And the only reason I can't eat it as a kid, I had some spoiled oh cantaloupe, and it yeah fucked me up. For it's life. the same thing for like screwdrivers with me. <laughs> screwdrivers, orange juice and vodka. Okay. I, I can't do that. I was how did we go? How did we? Yeah, how did we go from? We were talking about sugar. It just happened. <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> Someone um, tells me that you want another drink. I no, I don't. I don't. Um, that's pretty good. Um, the Red Bull. Yeah, yeah, Red the, Bull. yeah. The watermelon, the new watermelon Red Bull. It'd be good if they had a sugar-free version of it, but they don't. You know, Monster does though. It's pretty good. You mentioned when we were talking about coming on, uh, you're going to start up your podcast again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So w- you were, you and I were talking about it earlier. But let's fill Oreo. So on this. the podcast itself is called Champions Hour. So. Um, we talked about the track team. So I would, I would invite friends of mine, professional athletes that's in town, uh, to sit down with my team about um, the, the mindset that it takes to be a champion. And these conversations would kind of take off, and, and, and you get into um, the mental aspect of sports. And because, you know, you look at these athletes on TV and you see how physically dominant they are. Uh, but to be physically dominant, you have to dominate upstairs first and um, send these conversations. And it, it's been really cool to, to kind of 
seeing. You guys are legit, man. Like this is. Yeah, we're trying. What are you talking I'm about? Trying, oh, because I'm leaning to back. Are you gonna lean back too? No, no, no. He's Grab talking. About, he's talking about the show. Yeah, you, yeah. you guys are uh, legit. Not, like, yeah. This is. I've never even used this microphone, man. I'm from the hood, so this is this guy right here. I don't. Even, I don't even want to move too much. <laughs> you can move it. <laughs> You can, yeah, you can do whatever. Okay. All right, yeah, I'm cool to move. Yeah, the, yeah. Okay. All right, all right. Yeah, I don't want to break would, anything. I, I would just say keep it, keep it pretty close, um, because this room is not soundproof. Doesn't have any. No, do you have the little applause thing? Because you put all this together. Yay. Um, I don't oh. have my computer here with me, so I don't know what button it is. And <laughs> last time we did that, you know what happened. Um, so I mean, wh- what kind of? I I, I love these. I love talking. I mean, I, I'll talk anybody's head off. I would rather call than text. Yeah, for sure. Most. That's why Oreo doesn't answer the phone when I call anymore. Because he's like, he's like, he looks at it and he's like, oh, it's Baker. Do I have time for a forty-five minute conversation? You have to have a window with him. I'll call. Window of time. I'll yeah. call him later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's okay though. Is, is that your bartender coming out in you? Or have you always been like that? I think I've always been like that. I think I've always wanted to just talk to people. Um, maybe it's because I was an only child. I mean, I have two half brothers, but oh, did somebody come upstairs? Oh, probably going to the bathroom. Um, I have two half brothers, but I was I was I was an only child, so I didn't have anybody to talk to. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, so as an only child, did you have imaginary friends? Oh. No, I didn't have any imaginary friends, but we. I was always I was always playing and like imagining. Yeah, like I was a superhero or something, you know, was Batman, Superman, you know, things like that. But I was never I never like had imaginary friends. Yeah. My my son, my my oldest son, of course, because the other one's only one month. But he's got he's got an imaginary friend. <laughs> How old is he? He's six. Six. Yeah. So, yeah, it's probably about as long as I last since I've last seen you. Yeah. yeah. Six years ago. Yeah. I think she was pregnant at the time. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. We just I think we had just gotten rid of those white boxers we were fostering, but I do I mean we we can go off on tangents all day long, but I wanted to ask you like what <laughs> since you're sitting down with these people that you know talking about leadership and stuff like that, like I feel like it's kind of like a big topic right now with of course the What's going on? We we don't know who's who's who. Um, Good way you know, of putting that. We don't know who the president is. We, oh yeah. yeah, who cares? Uh, I think we're screwed either way. <laughs> That's my who's opinion. Who's who? We don't know who's who. Oh. Well, those are the president. I knew what you meant. Um, I, I think we're screwed either way, but that's my opinion. Uh, we need to stop letting these old people in. <laughs> but that's me. Yeah. Um, what's kind of like the number one thing that you've noticed with all these people? Um, in, in their leadership qualities? Well, they all have faced adversity uh, and came through better on the other end. And everyone that we've talked to, it wasn't when everything was perfect that allowed them to do well. It was when the shit hit the fan and they had to figure out and pick up the pieces of the puzzle and figure it out. Uh, that made them a better athlete, that made them more mentally tough, uh, that allowed them to continue to get better. Uh, it was adversity uh, that allowed them to get better. Uh, and it's, that was, that's a cool thing to know 
um, especially for some high caliber, high performing athletes. Um, it's not about the successes. It's about the failures. And how many times can you fail um, but pick yourself back up but learn from that failure that's going to propel you um, to be a better athlete or a better person, a better dad? Um, it, it's those failures um, that you have that allows you to have success. Right. So, You know, uh, I think Trump said something about, like, he he just wanted winners. Like, I wanted to be like, you know – the thing about winners are is is they they didn't win all the time. Yeah, they lost. Yeah, they lost to learn how to become come back and do that next that next great win. But throughout all the adversities that people face, I, I, I like to look at it and say, okay, where where did you really learn from? Did you was this a self inflicted? Uh, you know, something that you caused that ended up being some type of moment of self reflection. Yeah. Is 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 that what did it, or was it the fact that you said that truly something was outside your control, and you know f- something fucked up, and you said, you know what, I'm 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 going to overcome that. Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. Do so, you see any difference between do you do you like? Can you pick out a specific point in your mind, like where you say, okay, this person is in in column A, and this person is column B. And although their adversities were different, this one may have been self-inflicted. This one may have been, you know, out of his control. But yet, they overcame adversity, so they have that in common. But through that adversity, they had this. Yeah, but I think both forces are working at the same time, um, regardless if you're on an external force and an internal force. Because, you know, you're in the midst of it. And you have battles that's going on inside of you that you've got to overcome. But there's also battles that's outside of your uh, frame of reference or out of your control that are in those same battles as well. So I, I, it's kind of hard to determine, you know, whether it's an external factor or whether it's an internal factor because they're both happening at the same time. Right. There, there, there are some instances where it's more external or it could be more internal, uh, but I think both forces are working at the same time. And you got to figure out a way to overcome or be successful despite of uh, external or internal forces or things that could happen to you. So, so either it's all drive, internal drive, really. Yeah, yeah. Or are you cracking me up, man? What? No, I no, I, I mean I agree. <laughs> I know. Have you ever seen Social Dilemma? Have you seen the Social Dilemma? No. On Netflix, do you have Netflix? I Some, do. Yeah, it's cause Social Dilemma. Have you seen it? Yeah. You should watch it. What is that? It's about like the social media and all that stuff and how it's like ruining our world. It's like this giant like psychological experiment that's been going on for 13 years and it's really? like ruining our world. I just say that because Oreo's always on his phone. I got to make a note of that. <laughs> yeah. Social I mean, the, old, the older I get, the more notes that I have to keep because yeah. I will forget. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's the other thing. You know, like we have these phones and. Or like using them for all kinds of non-productive things, yeah. right? Like I don't use my phone for notes at all. I need to. I, I don't use to. my calendar. I have to, or I'll just yeah. forget stuff. And this started within the last year. But I'll see. I, but see, here you go. We're on. I mean, as an example, we're, here we are on iPhone 12, which that bad boy probably is. Pretty close. Um, we're close. We're and close. Um, and we we don't use these to the to the to the creative and pro- productivity. That we should. Yeah. 
I think that there's definitely become a point where we rely on them a lot. A lot of things can get done on your phone. I mean, I deal with clients. I can email. I can make an invoice. I can, uh, you know, I can tr- track numbers for a business. I can do all of that stuff. So we're definitely self, self-reliant self on it. What would you say the percentage is that you use that phone for those things or that you use them for fun? Um, I, I'd probably... S- I'd probably say now probably 50-50. That's good. Yeah. Because there cuz I I I was very much a um you know I and I I still do sometimes but I like to have the paper in front of me or I would print things out or whatever else and then I was uh actually having all these objectives kind of like he was saying that I needed done during the day and I was writing it in a notebook and then I'm like notes and then I can put them in my notes and now Do you just check them off? Yeah, on would, on the notebook. Yeah, like or or I'll just delete them. Like yeah. I'll delete what I got, what I you know what I right. got done. That's a that's another thing that like I was that I heard about from like successful people uh, on leadership and, and and that were really good leaders is, is that they would make a list. Like they they would they would literally break down a list. Like even if it was to take a morning shit. Yeah, it's no, a little too much. Right, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, Somebody, I don't need to be reminded to, to take if a shit. You have to be reminded to take a shit. You. Got yeah. too much shit going on. Yeah. What I do is I know that there are things I need to do the next day, so I'll put them on my notes, and then I'll get up, and then as the day goes on, I'll delete them, or at the end of the day, I'll go through. And there's stuff that still didn't get done, but but they're on there. Yeah. Is that so? It's the motivation, and then the the satisfaction of completing a task that makes yeah. you want to go on to complete yeah. another task. But there's pages on my notes where they're like long, like still stuff I go back to previous and days. And you're like, fuck, I didn't do this. Yeah, I have and to. it's two I months later, and I'm like, yeah. damn, I got to do this. Yeah, like call Baker back. Oh <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, call Baker. You, when you get the text, I put you in my notes. Then you know. <laughs> yeah. Then, okay. Yeah, explain that three-day lapse. But I will say, though, and this is just me, but – we do, in my personal opinion, sometimes do become too reliant on our phones. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because there is so much information we can store on there, and then every new phone that comes out does more, you know, for us yeah. uh, than the one before that. So we get, you know, you get lost. I, I'll be honest with you, like, you know, I, I stay away from TikTok because I know, that, even though I'm not I don't into even know it, what that is. Me even though I, well, you know, I have a daughter, she's 12, so it's a big deal. And then all, even people our age, they go, ah, TikTok, it's cool. But I do stay away from TikTok because I don't want to get sucked in. Yeah, I don't know what it is. There are people that sit there for hours and they watch the videos and make the videos. And I think it's cool. Like, you can be creative, but I know if I got on there, it's a wrap. Yeah. So I just stay I just away. think that, like, it just seems like everything in our lives is produced. Yeah. And it's just, well, think it's about just it. terrible. Like, if you got rid of that phone, could you drive to Dallas and go somewhere? No. I could get there because I've been there yeah, before. I could definitely get there. I can get there. Yeah, but I, can't I know find a, it. in a direction. No, but I mean, like people don't know how to use Rand McNally's anymore. I was about to say, yeah. you know, there's no maps. Or yeah, no. I remember coming home. I, I went to Cincinnati after, um, no, I, it was my senior year. I went to Detroit and I played, I lived up there with a host family and I got traded and I came back home. My dad said, stop at the old truck stop. Get yourself a map. Come on home. <laughs> all right. You got it all out well, on the dash. With your see, you, see you in a day or so. <laughs> Just came home. Yeah. I feel like technology is making me dumber. Really? Because yeah. I'm already a pretty bad speller. Oh, yeah. It's getting worse every year. I'm it pretty is, bad. Too. Uh, it's terrible. No, I used to be an incredible speller. 
And now there's so much slang and so much correction your phone does. I just roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I just hope that it, it just comes out right. <laughs> Half the time. Uh, are, you a, are you a voice to texter? Voice to texter? No. Well, my daughter sometimes. Okay. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. No, I, I just type it out. I, don't, I just got the time. And I I've actually been out. doing a lot more. I've got this damn Apple Watch. That more technology. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So, I mean, obviously, like a technology is probably outside of like tracking track, yeah. like r- speeds and stuff. Like, is there, like, any wearable technology that you guys use now for training? Uh, there are wearable technology, but a, a lot of it is really expensive. Um, like, heart rate monitors, you can measure. Um, you got a little watch. Yeah, but. You can run with that thing, can't I, you? You can. But I don't use this to this capability. It's just a watch. And for me. It's, it's an expensive watch. It's just an expensive watch. And I'm yeah. pretty mad at myself about getting it. Because <laughs> I actually bought it for my wife for her. Uh, for a birthday, and the day before, I'm talking about, hey, you heard about this new Apple Watch? She's like, yeah, I've heard about it. It'd be a, me getting the Apple Watch, it'd be a waste of time. I would never use it. I'm like, well, that was a waste of 300 plus dollars. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to do with this watch. watch. Yeah, it's my watch now. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you so, get this watch at? Yeah, exactly. So it's my watch, but I don't use it to its full capabilities. I just, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with the phone for me. My face fell off on mine. So I don't, it's somewhere. I don't know where it's at anymore. Hmm. But you don't have a watch, or I'm surprised for this that. This is the first watch I've ever worn in 20 years. My wife said she wanted, she was like, she got a Apple watch for Christmas one year. She didn't want it. She was like, I would rather have a Fitbit. I was like, okay, let's get you a Fitbit. She doesn't wear that either. <laughs> yeah. I'm convinced like half of the stuff that men have is because their wife said they wanted it and then they didn't realize they wanted it. <laughs> now they just got stuff. Yeah. That's Let's just keep bringing in stuff into my house. That's kind of how I ended up with an SUV as well. So that Ford? Yeah. How you go from Challenger to Ford Edge? You did it for us. That's what you said. <laughs> yeah. A family. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I did all- your Challenger have four, four doors? No. It's a two door. Yeah. The charger is the four. Yeah. four. I should know that. We're at a car dealership right now. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm over here like, uh, I don't know brands, man. Yeah. That's crazy. You know what I miss? Beerby. Yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. You go ahead, Nate. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Remember what? You used to come over to Stucky's. had some good times, man, playing Beerby. Yeah, dude. I got a setup in my backyard from Do you? 10 years ago. Oh, man. You know they sell them at uh, Dick's, right? Really? Yeah, but it's not the right kind, man. You gotta have a bucket. You gotta have that five foot PVC pipe. Gotta put rocks on top. Yeah, it's the only way to go. Gotta live dangerous. Can't play playing with a plastic bottle. No. On a little stick with a platform. No. That's not. That's not even the way to go, dude. That's what I'm saying. So I, I'm wanted to do a tournament, but my wife doesn't think I'd get enough people. Oh. I think you get a lot of people. I don't drink anymore, but you uh, you can still play as long as you have a bottle in your hand. This dude, you you've played, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. You you got me to play a long time ago, probably in the same time frame he's talking about. Did oh, you? Were you ever at Stucky's? Did you come over to Stucky's old old house? The the, yeah, the, the school, uh, the one off uh, Harvard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Corey was there. Yeah. yeah, several times. I feel like we've been there at the same time. Probably so. Yeah, you had hair back then. I did. I was dreads at the time. Mm-hmm. So. Now I'm bald. 
<laughs> Is that a choice or where are you going bald? Well, uh, aerodynamics because you're a track guy. No, Makes sense. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't. I don't run for free or for fun. Um, but no, I had dreads and started losing hair, so I had to cut it off. And then I seen the, a picture of the top of my head. It was about six months ago, and I looked like LeBron James. I said, "No, I need to cut this off." So I don't want to look like LeBron at the top of my head. Only LeBron wants to look like LeBron. Yeah, yeah. He needs to cut even... that junk off. He needs to go bald. A piece fell out in a game. <laughs> in what? the game, yeah. Pete, you no, know what I'm talking didn't about. Happen. I didn't see that one. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Davis was like, "Hey, <laughs> hey bro." He said this. He said, hey, "Up here." Oh yeah, he man, put it, he put it back in there. Boop. That happened in the finals. No, no, no. This was uh, kind of towards the beginning of the season. Oh wow! Yeah. I need to. I need to find that. Clip. I got you. That's I mean, hilarious. I wish we had a TV. I just put it up on there with my phone. Yeah, that would be that would be hilarious. Is basketball coming back? Yeah. Like soon? December 22nd. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Are they going to do just regular? Are they going to let fans come in? I don't know. I, I, I think, I think in, well, from what, and I could be wrong because I'm, you know, I'm glancing, but I, they're going to start the season in December. It's going to be like 75 games. Yeah, 72 games. 72 games. Yep. Yeah. And I, and, and the, the thing is, is they want, they're, they're, they want to lose out on all that revenue. So I don't know if maybe whatever the rules are in certain cities that there could be fans like they kind of do the NFL. Do you think they're going to change the rules? They are. There the was, cities? There I mean, was discussion about instead of like saying, you know, L.A. didn't have to fly out to Philly yeah. or do a big East Coast swing trip or, you know, teams that are far apart having, uh, honestly, since kind of like, they do now divisions, but you're playing within that division, yeah. so you don't do a bunch of, of geographical location. Yeah, yeah. instead of be interesting how they handle yeah. the season, split so. that up. I think hockey's trying to do the same thing. I think they're trying to play all the Canadian teams in one division. Yeah, so they don't have to come over because that was the whole ordeal. They wouldn't let them go back and forth. But if you went there, then you can just go and stay. Yeah. So I mean, half of them are Canadian anyway. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, COVID has thrown the whole entire world in the frenzy. Well, I mean, even that, but now you've got this whole looming thing with the election. It just makes no sense. Yeah. It just, I think people forget that each state has its own set of rules. Rules. So, have you seen the, (laughs) I will say this. I mean, last election year, (laughs) in 2016, the memes were great. This year, they're on fire. (laughs) I saw one. Was it Brian McKnight singing? Oh. <laughs> this is Nevada counting. You know when he does the back at one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah. One. Oh, dude, it's great. And he's talking about one. Yeah. Yeah. Like a dream come true. <laughs> yeah, that one. No. Yeah. I've seen that. It says that that's Nevada counting. Yeah, it's I, try to, I try to stay off social media. Um, right. I'm, I'm on it, but you get sucked in real fast and laughing at something retarded. That's what, so you need to watch The Social Dilemma. Okay. It's great. Yeah, because right now I'm watching a lot of the um, gold digger pranks. Have you ever seen those? Uh-uh. Uh, it's a guy, he gets like a Is fan, this on Facebook? Yeah, Facebook. He gets a fancy car. Oh, down the street. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen those before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, I can't. I need to find, I need to find something educational. Or yeah. something that's gonna like hit or historical. I've got to watch those things or some type of documentary. Yeah, gonna have like we're we actually my wife and I are watching Yellowstone, which is 
which I've come to the conclusion is just a a, a mafia movie or a mafia TV show in the Wild West. No, I was thinking rocks, Yellowstone yeah. National Park. I, I, I thought no, yeah. it's up it's up in Montana. So it's like this like ranching family. They've like they've had like this massive amount of land, and they basically just run Montana for like several years. And then now these natives are coming back in, and then they want their they want to buy part of that land, and then it's all these other businesses. It's basically this family is like a mafia family, mm-hmm. and they're like embedded into like the government and the state, and then like all these things happen around them and involve them, and it's all that kinds actually of sounds a, kind of interesting. It's Yellowstone, yeah. It's called Yellowstone. Everybody here at the dealership talked about watching <laughs> it, and, and my wife and I finally watched it. It's on Peacock. Peacock. Mm-hmm. What do you? What kind of? What kind of cable or TV? Uh, direct TV. Oh, um, I think it's on Paramount. Paramount. How do you know all? Paramount this? Channel. I'm Yellowstone. Yeah, Yellowstone. Okay. I'm gonna check it out. And then um, the recent one that I got sucked into was uh, the Trial of the Chicago Seven or the Trial of the Seven. Mm-mm. It was about. Um, I think that was Vietnam. Have you seen it? No, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, all these people were protesting the Vietnam War and the uh, Republic Democratic National Convention, I believe. And there was big riots in Chicago. Hmm. And it was in the 70s, right? The riots in the um, Chicago in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And it's about the trial of these guys. Hmm. Like, I, it's it's interesting. You got to watch it. Yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen is in it. You know, Borat. In a serious role, yeah, he's, he's actually a serious a fairly, role. Yeah, he's actually a fairly good actor. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, he's he plays a heavy. He's got a heavy, I think, Boston accent, <laughs> like real heavy. And he's he's a goofball in it. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, but it's a serious role. It's actually pretty good. I saw that one. That was good. Yeah, but it's mostly just documentaries and stuff. Social Dilemma, Yellowstone, and the. What is it? The Trial of Chicago 7. Trial of Chicago 7. I believe that's what it's called. Yeah, I'm probably only going to have time to watch one of these. Oh, you got the rest of your life, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you training? are you training specific high school kids or a specific high school or are these just individuals? Because my son cannot run for anything. Mm-hmm. So it would probably make sense that he does something. So I have a bunch of kids that I'm training or coaching. So in my program, there's about 300 kids. Um, and then I coach at Union High School. Um, you went to Union? Yeah, I graduated from Union. I didn't know that. 2003. Oh. So, yeah. So I'm at Union. So I have high school and middle school at Union, which is about 200, another 200 kids. Oh, geez. And then my track club is about 75 80 kids so and it ranges from two all the way to um about 24 really athletes what are those what are those training for what are they training for well there's one girl um she's actually training for the olympics so she's a um a junior at osu this year she was trying to find that car top 10 in the world in the 400 and uh, she's gonna man. She's incredible. She's absolutely incredible. So. Well, and they're redoing the Olympic. So did they have to? The Summer Olympics were supposed to happen this year. Yeah. 
So they're redoing those in 2021, right? Uh-huh. Do you have to retry? So they actually never even made it to the trials. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so they don't have – so they everybody's got to get their spot. Yeah, you still have to go to the trials. Yep. Does, does that, like, jack somebody up? Most definitely. Like, uh, but how? But how? So that that's what I didn't understand because like a lot of the a lot of the gymnasts were talking about like well you know our season's all screwed I'm like why you got extra time yeah so for for especially guys that's older you know, uh. for you know for a sprinter it's a very very short window um, if I'm 33 it's a lot different at 34 um, it may not be much of a difference but for elite athletes any minor difference is a huge substantial difference in comparison to your counterparts. Um, so it just it one it throws off people's training schedule, uh, especially for females um, that may have gotten pregnant in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's some some runners that I know that are having babies that won't be able to compete in the Olympics. Didn't didn't there like a real famous one that won a gold medal that came back and won um, a female that won a gold medal? She had a kid and then she came back and she ran and yeah. she like she won a medal. Yeah, and then uh, having like the last summer Olympics yeah. in it. Yeah, uh, that's nuts. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. I mean, wow. <laughs> Man, I've, I've I've earned so much respect for women. Oh yeah. Childbirth, it's ridiculous. Yeah. There's no way that I would ever want to have a baby. No. Well, I find it funny when when like somebody asks me, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I, I you know I just had a baby. I'm like, well, my wife had the baby, but I was yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> was funny, I had more funny. nurses around me than she did. Really? At the first one, I didn't want to anything. I was just like super nervous. The second one just yeah flew on out. It was easy. Yeah. But I think I was just more like I knew what to expect. I don't like any of that. That's crazy. But it seems every sport except for that I can think of, every sport except for hockey and baseball, 35 is that age, or 34 yeah. is that age yeah. in which they just crack. Why Why do you think that is? Well, there are, you know, it's elite athletes. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'll say this, when I was at, I used to work for the Texans a long time ago. Um, it took me forever to watch practice and know who was good and who wasn't because everybody looked the same. And when you're talking about elite athletes, the very minute things matter. The very little bitty things matter um, because everybody's good at that level. Right. And the older that you get, the less explosive that you are, the harder it is to recover. Um, you just lose a little bit. But uh, e- even with the technology today, even, and with e- technology. even the technology and the nutrition, they're not able to, for some reason, sprinters or runners cannot break past that yeah it, it, it can't any, be a force yeah any explosive event once you get into your 30s it's kind of tough you know you're your most explosive at 25 26 so we're adding on another five six years of you know trying to be explosive and you don't have it anymore and so yeah and then even with modern technology even what we know in sports medicine um you know when you start to get a little bit slower you get a little bit less explosive. You're not the same athlete, and your counterparts catch up with you. And it sticks out more because cause yeah. it's individual, yeah. whereas it doesn't stick out as much in baseball, hockey. Yeah. But even football, it seems to stick out. Like, you don't seem to, yeah. you know, th- those, you know, 
those 34, 35. I mean, you don't ever really see players getting up that that old well, in you football. You do in, in, certain, in certain positions. Mm-hmm. Offensive linemen, quarterbacks, um, they can play for a long time. But it also doesn't require the same amount of explosion. It doesn't require the same amount of speed that you need. Running back to 30 yeah. and you lose a step, might as well go pack your bags. It's, it's over. I feel like – I just feel like, you know, as like us – we don't really hit our really – I mean, like they say, you know, 18, you go to college, 21, you're out, and then you can go play professional. Like, But have you really developed? No. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. have you really hit your, you know, your physical peak? Yeah. I mean, you really haven't. So, I mean, for, of course, everything goes back to hockey because that that's what I know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have the option to go to college at 21, but even then, you know, you go and play three, four years of college. Now you're 25. You may have a career from 25 to 34. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, nine years. Yeah. Which is a pretty good run. It's a really good run. Right? But even with technology, it just seems like, and the advancements in nutrition. I mean, now you got everybody, you know, talking about, well, you got to go eat plant. Then that's going to help you for an athlete. I'm, you know, outside of one UFC guy that's gone like full vegan that does it right. Yeah. There's really no, like, nobody really knows. Yeah. But as, you know, we just, you know, natives were running down bison. Yeah. Like, you know, and then the, I think there's a, what's that? There's a documentary I saw on this uh, tribe and, um, can't remember, but they like run and they hunt down baboons. And you're talking about baboons are super fast and they're running them down and, and that's the craziest thing ever. Spears and 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 they're like super fast. Like these people are super fast. I'm not chasing a baboon, right? And well, you would if you're what hungry. What do you do when you catch it? Not today. You kill it and you eat it. Yeah, baboon. You have to travel in packs to chase a baboon. I'm not chasing a baboon. I just a think baboon can punch me in the nuts and I'm. Laid out for two weeks. Well, you know, Mike and Roy Jones are coming back. Yeah. To That's fight. this weekend, right? I think, mm, I think it's towards the end of the uh, month. I, I think. think. Yeah, I think it's. I think. But, I mean, see, Mike training looks pretty explosive. Real explosive. <laughs> well, I mean, but the thing is, I mean, that that's a different Mike than yeah. Stoner Mike. But he's still. I'm not getting in the ring with him. I mean, I would if the money nah, was right. Did. If the money was right. <laughs> but I know it's probably going to end in a minute. I mean, yeah. 59 seconds of running around, then one second. Oh, I think he'd end. catch you. He'd catch you. He probably would. Yeah. Most definitely. There's no sprinter out there that's faster than no. that. <laughs> Not in that little square. No. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to watch that. I really want to watch that. I think Roy's going to give him run for his money. No, he's not. No. <laughs> no. no, come on now. Did you watch Roy Jones' last five fights? But you're, now you're talking about just that section of it. Yeah. So his last five fights, he was a shadow of himself. And he ended up on the canvas in most of those fights. Yeah. Now he's 10 years older. Correct. And he's going to fight the most brutal heavyweight in the history of the sport. Though he's older. Uh, we, they're both older. But he looks like a monster in those videos. He does. And he may not be able to last very long, but I don't think yeah, Roy Jones but, is going to yeah, last. But you never anymore. know because that yeah. has always been his weaknesses lasting in fights. So at this point, 
training or whatever, we go, hey, look, you're going to have to, you know, have your legs under you for a few rounds. I, I, I just think Roy has taken enough hits. Is there, he? I mean, we're talking in the mid to late 90s. He was a knockout yeah. artist. Like sure. they, they would Roy, out, or are you talking about Mike? No, we're ta- I'm talking about Roy. I mean, yeah. Mike Tyson. I mean, is that Mike was Tyson. a hook. I mean, the but hook Roy, that he had. Roy, yeah. They would, I remember growing up, man, and we'd watch all those comp- compilation knockouts yeah. that he would have, and it was crazy. And then all of a sudden, he started getting knocked out like almost yeah. every fight. And it's like as soon as you as soon as soon you flip that light on of being knocked out, yeah, it's, it doesn't yeah, go off. No. 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 I think he gets one it's always good on. punch. Yeah. yeah. One good punch in. And it's gonna rattle him, or he. That's just you know. It's like uh, I always, uh, always um, say, you ever flipped on a light and then it blows, yeah. but it kind of glows a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's like that little bit of glow is like that remnants of being, of just having that turned off yeah. a few times, yeah. and then and then each time that it happens again, that glow stays a little bit brighter, and you don't have that much. No. Yeah, I, I wish him the best, but I don't think it's gonna end well for Roy. Really? If they fight for real, no, if it's just if, a yeah. true expedition, well, it's gonna it's gonna happen. Yeah, it, I think yeah. He, I think he goes down. Yeah. Well, Mike Mike says he, he's turned on that ego. He's somebody flipped that ego again. Yeah, I heard him say that. Now, he, look, he looks he looks he looks great and sounds like a different person. He looks like Iron Mike again. Did you hear him uh, yeah. on the Rogan just Man, just sitting over there? Just he just can't control himself. No, but it's it's all because his wife told him <laughs> you look fat. So he started to run. Yeah. Then he started to train a little bit more. Get a little fat, Mike. <clears throat> Who the fuck can tell Mike Tyson that he's getting fat? You ever she think about did. that? Well, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, she can. Yeah. That's crazy. And I, I think Mike Tyson is one of the few athletes that could, you know, he could have a George Foreman type story. Be away from the fight yeah. game, be in his 50s, and come back and be the heavyweight champion of the world. Ollie did it. Yeah. Yeah. Ollie came back in his 40s. Yeah, but he was a shell of his head. Yeah, he was not doing good. Well, you got to remember, I mean, they told him that he had to step away for, I don't know how long, was that three years? Yeah. They said, you can't come back. I mean, just think of what he would have done and how he would have oh, come. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. It's, it's crazy to think about. He lost three years of his in his prime. Mm-hmm. Was, and then what he did, what he did when he came back. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just, I'm just going to say it's going to be, Roy is going to make it a lot better than what people think it's going to be. Yeah, I don't think so. Really? Could be an inter- could be an entertaining first couple of rounds. Like your vodka hut. It just matched what I was you know, I was going at the house. <laughs> I'm not a big high wear. Yeah. Yeah. But even then, I mean you so Mike, clearly money is his ability to keep training and get his body like that. But I mean, even advancements and I mean that's a lot of cardio, just yeah. like running. It just yeah. seems weird that we can't push past that barrier for for elite athletes. Yeah, and a lot of it is mental. And if, if you hear any interview of Mike Tyson, you know, he's a pretty insightful guy when it comes to um, what it takes to be a champion Men- from the mentality standpoint. Forget that he's a physical specimen, mm-hmm. um, but from a mentality standpoint, you put those two things together, you see what he what he was able to accomplish. Um, he's a freak, man. He's an absolute freak in every sense of the world. I mean, determination, I mean, drive would be determination. I mean, what are your best qualities for somebody that's going to be that elite athlete? Because everybody's got something different. Yeah. I mean, drive, yeah, determination. I, I would say um, um, discipline. 
mm-hmm. discipline probably um, number one. Um, you got to be able to overcome adversity. Um, good grief. Got to have great concentration, focus. Good grief, you put me on the spot. Well, okay, so balance. Balance is, that's a good one. Balance is what I, it's kind of what I, what I just picture of it is just all just in in general. It's not only necessarily the balance of the training and the preparation, but it's the train, it's being able to escape it. Yeah. Right? You can't be thinking about it 24 7. Yeah. Even though, you know, you even have somebody like The Rock, right? Not an, I mean, no longer an athlete, but an athlete in itself that that's kind of what he does for movies, yeah. right? He yeah. does a lot of action stuff, yeah. right? So he gets up at, what, 4.30 in the morning, Yeah, works out, and then he goes about his day, does his business, then he comes back and works out, right? I think he said he may work out like three or four times a day. Yeah, he's got too much time. and He makes a lot of money. He can do that. He doesn't do anything. He's got people doing <laughs> other stuff for him. Yeah. But see, those are those are terrible examples. Now you're talking about just the average person, yeah. Right? You need to have that escape. You need to have that balance of being able to rest, not only physically rest, but mentally rest. Yeah, for sure. Right. For sure. So that's where you say focus comes in. Yeah, focus. You got to be committed to excellence, um, and a lot of things come into play for. And I, I think for some people. Things are different for some people. Some people need a lot more discipline. I've seen athletes that wasn't disciplined at all, but had other levels that where they were just in relentless pursuit of whatever the goal was. Uh, and I think it starts with a goal. Um, but everybody is a little bit different when it comes to that. Would be that short, makeup. but that would probably how I would see that would probably be short term success though, for that type of person. Yeah. No discipline, and you're just running off a of pure skill. Yeah. You're eventually going to fade yourself out. Yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, I mean that that balance. Yeah. And and I think a lot of these, you know, we have all these participation awards nowadays, which is a terrible I idea. I hate it. I hate it. And a lot of these other people will say, "Well, you know, it builds confidence." No, 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 no. Learning from that loss is going to build the confidence. Yeah. To get you to that next win. Yeah. Yeah, your confidence comes. I've always been a believer. Your confidence comes in your preparation, and how do you prepare yourself? And if you know, for me, I absolutely hated to lose. Forget winning. I always ask my athletes, which which one would you rather? Would you do you do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Uh, for me, I hated to lose. So to have that feeling uh, at the end of the season of, of a loss, it prepared me. Uh, for my preparation and in my training for the next year. And so it, it stayed on my mind about this. these are the things I need to prepare for and getting over overcoming that loss or getting over that feeling. Um, so I think preparation is real key in um, gaining confidence in yourself. So. Right. And you, and you hear that from a lot of these team sports guys, you know, after maybe they, they, lost, they lost in the playoffs or something or they lost in a championship game. And then you talk to them. When they come back, like in a preseason, they're like, well, you know, how we ended the last season kind of really fueled us to, you know, push forward this year and all that stuff. So if you lose and don't learn anything, then it's just a, then you just lost. Yeah. But if you lose and learn something, that's a win. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, 
as participation awardee as that sounds. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Like, if you just lose and you're just like, well, fuck, I lost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you, what'd you learn? Nothing. Yeah. That team, well, that ref is, or they, they did this and that. So you didn't learn anything? Okay. Well, yeah. just a loser. Yeah. You know, I mean, the winners are going to figure out why they lost. They're going to learn something from that loss. For sure. Was it, you know, not tucking my chin down? Was it not getting off on those blocks right? You know, yeah. I don't even know if that tucking chin down thing is something I just figured. Yeah. Probably more aerodynamic. <laughs> For some sports. Yeah. You tuck. I figured it was you, when you're running. Yeah. Oh, you wow. want to try to keep a neutral, neutral spine. Neutral Probably chin. breathe through your nose. Yeah. Is breath work pretty big in track? For endurance athletes, it is. Mm. Um, for sprinters, you know, 11 seconds. We don't need – most of the races that you run in doesn't require oxygen at all. Mm. So Crazy. And you just figured it's probably just endurance-wise, cardio-wise. Yeah. More blood, more blood going to your muscles. Yeah. More explosiveness. I don't know. I figure. Yeah. I learned a lot about track. I learned that it's different than cross country. Oh, it's much different. Did you learn anything, Oreo? I, I, I did. Well, well, and then the questions I had, he answered, but I always just wondered, like, the endurance, you know, how the, you know you get plugged in when you're doing multiple races, things like that. Because there's also a lot of mental things. Yeah, you can be fast and all that other stuff, but I think there's a lot of mental things Most definitely. that go into that, too. You have to really mentally train your mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, with, a, you know, us having the nation as a overweight population, you know, obesity population. I mean, the, the statistics don't lie. It makes no sense why more parents don't get their kids active in track. It seems like it's the cheapest sport available outside of soccer, really, in all honesty. I mean, the travel makes soccer, yeah. if you want to play competitive, I think it's the cheapest sport. So why not get your kids involved? Or, I mean, what's running? I mean. Yeah. Well, a lot of it, parents are. We're just Americans. We're lazy. Yeah, uh, we're absolutely lazy. So uh, most parents, that if their kids are not involved in sports, because they wasn't involved in sports, mm-hmm. um, and then parents are so busy nowadays, um, working two and three jobs, just trying to make ends meet, um, that they don't have enough time to get their kids to practice. So you put those two things together of uh, being lazy. Uh, with three things, being lazy, the fact that I didn't participate in the sport, and now I'm busy, um, the kids kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit. Right. It's unfortunate. Because so, yeah. when we were growing up, you know, you could go on any street and you could play a football game or basketball. You play, you know, roller hockey. You know, you could do that. You drive down any street nowadays, you don't see kids playing in the street. No, know, everybody's so. so paranoid. Everybody's so scared. Yeah. But then that's the whole thing is is let's get out there let's get these let's get these professionals let's get these experts that have left our communities let's get them back home yeah let's offer them let's get them to, to offer what gave them a good experience and gave them good opportunities let's get them back I mean and that's the thing is is you know us as kids we were told go outside well there's nothing to do well go run yeah go ride your bike. Go get into trouble. Yeah, do something. Yeah, do something. Don't stare at the TV all day. Yeah. Now us as parents are like, to get them to shut up, let's put on Netflix. Exactly. Let's give them an iPad. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, then again, you know, we're all we all hear these, 
you know, war stories of bad things happening to unattended people and all that stuff. But the thing is, is not you wouldn't be unattended if you were together as your community. You know, your community polices your community. For sure. Right? So get your kids out there. Get them running. You know, play some flag football. That's what yeah. I'm saying. What? You just, you're really happy that I just hit some really good stuff there. <laughs> I'm just watching you. <laughs> uh, what? No, no. You, it's okay. Uh, no, you did your thing. All right. You did your thing. You realize your shirt is boom on your pants or feel yeah, no, I don't care. All right. <laughs> shoes are Reebok. I don't care. <laughs> I like those. Those are nice. Costco. Man, I love Costco. 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 Dude, that's... I'm on my way to Costco when I leave here. That's right by my house. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Shout out to Costco. Yeah. Yeah. They should sponsor (laughs) the show. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I like the scheme, though. Yeah. They're two different grays. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Man, why are you calling my man yeah, out? It doesn't matter. Because he's over here laughing at me, and that's what friends do. We rip on each other. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the fit tonight that matters. Daytime, it's all good. You better hope somebody doesn't see you in that daytime <laughs> kit. That's terrible. I'm actually wow. very upset. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it seems like that should be a big sport. Yeah. should be a massive sport. But it doesn't seem like it gets a lot of recognition around here. One, because um, track and field is it is funded by the major sports like basketball, football. Um, so when there's no emphasis from those particular coaches on the fact that their kids should run track, then there won't be any emphasis on anyone participating in that particular. Seems sport. like a great offseason sport. Yeah, you would for think like so. for like a you know I mean obviously you probably couldn't do it during baseball season. Yeah. Soccer, I guess that would kind of be the difference between because how I remember it was cross country and track were a little bit different seasons. So it seems like soccer could probably be. But I mean, even then, you're just talking about your quick acceleration, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, most people teach you how, you know, they teach you how to scoot, they teach you how to crawl, teach you how to walk. And they're actually helping you trying to learn how to walk. Once you learn how to walk, nobody teaches you how to run. Mm-hmm. And if we're talking about sports, speed is king. I don't care what the sport right. is. Um, even golf, it's in, it's important for golf, being able to be in some type of condition. And a lot of kids get the short end of the stick uh, because they're not participating in, in these running sports. Um, and my kids see the difference um, from kids that, that play multiple sports. When they come to us, they do a whole hell of a lot better and their other sports, just because they understand their body a little bit better. They know how to run. They've gotten faster. They've gotten a lot more explosive. Um, And then track and field, it is the mother of all training sports. Everything from sports medicine, um, when it comes to training, sports performance, came from track and field. So it's a no-brainer for me that kids that's playing multiple sports, one of those sports should be track and field. Regardless of if you do well in that sport or not, you should do it just to learn about your body and learn how to run or to learn how to be more explosive. It's just going to help you in all your other sports. And not only that, but it can help you later on down in life. Most definitely. For sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel like that's a pretty good note to leave out yeah. on. Yeah. I, I appreciate you oh, no problem, man. Answering, answering my call. <laughs> I had your phone number the whole time. It says Corey, and it says Woody's Bar. Yeah. I appreciate it. Because I had like four of them. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Um, 
people can find you. You're doing your podcast again soon. Yep. You're gonna you're gonna Champions Hour. Yeah, and then you had your hit us again with your plugs. So I got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. What uh, we gotta start over? No, I'm just no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> so you <laughs> you can find here. me on social media, uh, just Corey Ray. Um, but also, if you're interested in track and field, Oklahoma Cheetah Track Club, uh, just OklahomaCheetah.com or both Sports dot uh, com as well. So you can find all of those on so on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and as well as the website. So awesome. Well, we appreciate. It. I hope. Yeah. Hope somebody. I mean, I got a lot of friends that got kids that probably need to learn how to run. Bring them. My kid needs to run. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. We'll uh, we got another show next week. Yeah, awesome. Well, we're out. Or he's gonna get a new suit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>